العلم أشراف مطلب وطالبه لله أكرام من يمشي على قادم العلم نور مبين يستضيء به أهل السعادات والجهال في الظلم Carrying on from where we were on We alhamdulillah With the blessing of Allah We spoke about Al-Imam Al-Bukhari Hayatuhu Shakhsiyya we spoke about his personal life, right? And this is just a summary. Now we're going to go into his academic background. His Islamic knowledge that he had, rahimahullah ta'ala. The way we're going to start with that is, first of all, we're going to speak about talabuhu lil-hadith wa nubuhihi fi. How he sought the knowledge of hadith and how he went far into it. Let's touch on that, inshallah ta'ala. And Imam al-Bukhari is his transcriber. We're going to keep going back to this man, Muhammad ibn, uh, ibn Abi Hatim, a lot. Because he wrote and transcribed a lot of what Bukhari said. Okay, he said, سَمِعْتُهُ يَقُولُ I heard Bukhari say, دَخَلْتُ بَلْخْ I went into this place, بَلْخْ فَسَأَلَنِي أَصْحَابُ الْحَدِيثِ The people of Hadith in بَلْخْ They requested from me and عليه, to dictate for them. They said, Bukhari, we want you to dictate hadith for us. And Allah brothers, these ulama were reading and they were quoting from where? In Hibdi. My iPad switches off right now, class. The lecture's going to be closed. I don't know what to do. Like in this Imam, what would he do? Yumlik riwayat, wal asarith, all from his head. Rahimahullah. So, he said that the people of Hadith in Balkh requested for me to dictate Hadith for them. For them. From who like him? They said to me, how many scholars did you meet, Bukhari? And he said, I met a thousand and eighty. One thousand and eighty scholars I met and I took Hadith from them. They said to him, narrate for us all of the Hadith that you heard from each of those scholars. And then Bukhari said to them, do you guys have the ability? Do you guys have? the ability to be patient and to listen to all of those riwayat. And they said to him, yes we do. فَأَمْلَى عَلَيْهِمْ He narrated for them أَلْفُ حَدِيثٍ لِكُلِّ أَلْفِ شَخْصٍ He said, each person I'm going to give you a thousand of this, of, of just their narrations. There are a thousand men, but each man I'll give you how much from them? A thousand. Pay attention. That's all I will give you from each person. How much is the number that he gave them? Huh? 100,000 he gave them hadith from the from the top of his head with the senate and with each individual this is 100,000 and this one's 1,000 1,000 1,000 until he narrated 100,000 narration for them 1 million yeah 1,000 times 1,000 1 million now 1 million sahih now it's 1 million he narrated those all from what? from his memory, memory, okay? But Bukhari is counting the takrara, the repetition of a narration, even even if the talk is different. It's a number for him. Now, Fadl. So then they say that he only, was the narration that he took 300,000 from memory? No, he took, took 300,000 hadith from Imam Ahmed from memory. From Imam Ahmed from memory. Like he, what did Iraqi say? 
مثال الاول المصنف في صحيح محمد وخصوصا بترجيحي ومسلم بعدي وبعض الغرب مع ابي علي فضلوا لو نفع ولم يعماه ولكن قلما عند ابن اخرم قد فاتهما ورد لكن قال يحيى البر لم يفوت الخمسه الا النزل وفيه ما فيه لقول جعفي احفظ منه عشرة الف 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 ميزميليان الامام ميزميليان حديث الامام البخاري but the, the counting we're going to go to it later the way that they counted the way that they counted the hadith is not the way we're counting it we're looking at one hadith of the Prophet even if it comes in three different talk or 50 different talk what do we say? it's just one hadith right? no this is a number it's counted as a different hadith now because it came through another chain okay we'll speak about that later so this is what does it show us the hifth and the memory of Al-Imam Al-Bukhari his Wabak also said we're not going into memory, we're just talking about his ilm. His memory, we're going to come to inshallah in more details later. His Wabak, Muhammad ibn Abi Hatim, he said, Sami'tu Hali ibn Nadrin, I heard Hali ibn Nadrin say, Kunna inda Muhammad ibn Ismail, Kunna inda Muhammad ibn Yusuf al Firyadi. We were in the gathering of Muhammad ibn Yusuf al Firyadi. Okay? And this was where? In Sham. Wa kunna natanazzah. And we were just enjoying ourselves. No, we were tired, we seek knowledge, we did, we read hadith, memorized, we were relaxing, taking some time out. Muhammad ibn Ismail, as for Imam Muhammad ibn Ismail al-Bukhari, he was with us, he wouldn't busy himself and he wouldn't basically indulge in what we were doing. He would not indulge in that which we were doing. But rather he would put his head down onto knowledge. This is a unique characteristics of a what? Student of knowledge. When other people are doing he just chooses to lead them and do his what's important for him. So Imam al-Bukhari, when they were going in and talking, and these are people you have to understand, the beginning they were students of knowledge. They were memorizing, they were learning, they just maybe 10, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, they wanted to relax. We're not talking about people who just always relax. And even then, what did he do? And Imam al-Bukhari, rahimahullah ta'ala, he would turn away from that and he would not. He would not be with them. Also, he said, his warah said, وَسَمِعْتُهُ يَقُولُ I heard Bukhari say, لَمْ تَكُنْ كِتَابَةِ الْحَدِيثَ My writing of hadith was not كَمَا كَتَبَ هَؤُلَاءِ The way that these people wrote. He's talking about the other scholars of hadith. The way that they wrote hadith is that like, we're not the same. I'm different. كُنْتُ إِذَا كَتَبْتُ I was one if I wrote. الرجل الأيمان سألت عن اسمه I asked his name what's your name وكنيته I asked him his كنيا ونسله I asked his lineage وعلة الحديث I asked him the defect of this حديث إن كان الرجل فهما if the man knew and has understanding I asked him is there a hidden defect in the حديث فإن لم يكن if he didn't know سألت أن يخرج لي if he wasn't a person I knew did not have the knowledge of علم الحديث I would say okay do me a favor Bring me your asal, your original copy that you wrote the hadith on. And he said, I will then look at it. As for the other people who wrote the hadith, they never cared. They never cared what they wrote and how they wrote it. This was another amazing thing about Imam Bukhari. And these information, brothers, is going to help us when we speak about the riwayat of Bukhari, when we speak about the sahih. He gives us understanding of this man, what he was. Okay? It helps us a lot to understand that. 
ابو بكر الاعين يسال سمعنا ويهاد ابو بكر بن الاعين سال ويهاد فروم الامام البخاري على باب محمد بن يوسف الفريابي وهو ان هي واز بخاري ذات امرد امرد مينز نو بيد اون هيز فيس like we were sitting down and taking hadith from who from Imam al-Bukhari and he was what he had no beard قلت حافظ حاجة saying this he said كان السن البخاري بخاري's age at that time was إذاك بضعة إذاك بضعة عشرة سنة he was only how many بضعة عشرة سنة means between 13 and 19 that's how much Bukhari was This أعين أبو بكر بن الأعين حافظ حديث سيد والأعين المذكور من أصحاب الإمام أحمد المشؤولين أبو بكر بن الأعين is from the students of Imam Ahmed رحمه الله تعالى and is well known أيون يبغز والفريابيون محمد بن يوسف الفريابي who is two in Bukhari which he is narrating in front of man he is من كبار شيوخ البخاري from Bukhari senior شيوخ So he's talking in the gathering of his own teacher, Muhammad Yusuf, Muhammad Ismail al-Bukhari, in the sitting and the door and the house of who? Muhammad Yusuf al-Firyabi. This is something powerful. This was what? Something powerful. Listen to this now. Ibn Tahiri said, Qadim al-Bukhari al-Baghdad sanata ashrin wa mi'atayni wa azama ala al-mudiyya ila Abdul Razak. This is another powerful benefit. But before I go into this, something came to my mind before I forget it. Bukhari Shaykh Muhammad ibn Salam al-Baykandi rahimahullah Muhammad ibn Salam al-Baykandi he used to call Bukhari Bukhari come here ta'al ayyuhal fata yadhul fata he said you say to him can you look at my book my asal I want you to check it for me and Bukhari would check it and whenever Bukhari would agree with the hadith he would say radiyal fata the boy agreed the young boy agreed with my narration if Bukhari says I don't like this narration it's wrong get rid of it He was saying, Lam yardal fata. The boy didn't agree with this. They used to use his memory as a muqabala. They used to use his memory. You know when you manuscripts are being put together, scholars, what do they use? Different nusakhs, different copies to compare. Bukhari was a nuskha. He was a copy. They used to compare his memory with what was written for them. And if their memory, if the written was wrong, they knew Bukhari was right. They were corrected. We're going to come to later the students of uh, uh, Muhammad ibn Ali, rahimahullah. His students they asked Al Imam al Bukhari a hadith, and for the first time Bukhari looked and he said, "La alim, la alim, I'm la adi, I don't know." They screamed, "Ah, oh, Bukhari doesn't know the hadith." So they went to the Sheikh. They said, "Sheikh, one of your hadith we told Bukhari. He said, 'I don't know it.'" And he said, "Hadith la alim, la alifuhu al Bukhari, farisa bi hadith." A hadith that Bukhari doesn't know is not a hadith. Let's go back to this hadith. <laughs> uh, let's check it. Bukhari doesn't know it. We need to check this hadith. This is how the scholars of that time looked at him. And they saw him. Rahimahullah ta'ala. Listen to this story. This is his seeking of knowledge. Al-Mamu Bukhari, he came to Baghdad Salata Ashri wa Mi'atayn. The year what? 200 and? If we said Bukhari was one, the year 194, 210, how old would he be? 16, right? He came to Baghdad. When he came to Baghdad, وعزامة, and he made a decision to go to who? Ila Abdul Razak ibn Hamam San'ani. 
امام اهل اليمن I'm going to go to Abdul Razak ibn Hamam Sanali. Abdul Razak ibn Hamam Sanali, Baghdad, where is it from Yemen? I'm going to go now. I'm going to go to Abdul Razak. When he made that decision, his teacher, Yahya ibn Ja'far al-Baykandiyu, said to him, Abdul Razak is dead. When he told, he asked his teacher, he said, I want to go and I want to meet Abdul Razak ibn Hamam Sanali. I want to take from him. What do you, he said, he's dead. Mad Abdul Razak. After that, it became clear that he didn't die. فَسَنِعَ الْبُخَارِيُّ So it forced Bukhari to hear the hadith from who? Through Ya'i ibn Ja'far al-Baykandi or else he could have got it from Abdul Rizak himself directly. Are you with me, brothers? Now he's changed through Abdul Rizak, became longer. The scholars, they mentioned two reasons why the Sheikh said this. One, because his teacher was not a liar. It was either he was trying to say that because he thought so. There was a news that spread that Abdul Razak died. That's one. Second reason is Abdul Razak and Hamam Sanani changed in the last stages of his life. Tashayyu' entered him. Are you with me? Mala ila Tashayyu' He de- you know, Tashayyu' entered him. And so what he was trying to say was What he believes is dead. Don't go to Abdul Razak. Those were the two views that Hafim Hajar mentioned. Rahimahullah ta'ala, but the first view seems stronger, which is that there was a isha'a, a news that was spread, because Abdul Razak, even though he died, the tashayyu that was spoken about that time is not what we know today. Are you with me, brothers? It's not what we what we know, but min amanat al-ilmiyah, I just mentioned that for you, inshallah ta'ala. Okay, another story is that Bukhari said, Rahimahullah ta'ala, about himself, he said, to Baghdad, I entered Baghdad how many times? Tamarat. How many times? Eight. How many times did I say before? When he met Imam Ahmed, did I say 14? Uh, the other for narration that says 14 is more number, so we give that presence over the eight narration, okay? He entered 14 times Baghdad. In all of those, Ahmed I will sit with Imam Ahmed ibn Hanbal. فَقَالَ لِهِ سَتْمِي يَا أَبَا عَبْدِ اللَّهِ الإمام البخاري said to who? He said to who? الإمام البخاري said يَا أَبَا عَبْدِ اللَّهِ تَدَعُ الْعِلْمَ وَتَصِيرُ إِلَى خُرَسَانِ Because at this moment when he came to Bukhari and he took Ahmed, he wanted to go to Khurasan. So he said, are you going to leave knowledge? What does he mean knowledge? At that time the hub for knowledge was Baghdad. Scholars were all there. Because this was the, the Khilafah was here. Everybody was coming here. Egypt was not a place to be said. It was a place that didn't exist. Are you with me? What did, that Imam Shaf- what did he say to his students? Abu Yaqub al-Bwaiti and Ismail ibn Yahya al-Muzani and Rabi' al-Musalman al-Muradi. What did he say to them in Masr? He said, have you, any, any, one, any one of you guys been to Iraq? And they said, no, we didn't. He said, have you ever been anywhere there? Because they were in Egypt. He said, if you guys haven't been to Iraq, have you seen the world then? Because the dunya at that time was what? Iraq. Some scholars who were in Iraq never left Iraq. Like Imam Al-Jurri, he was in Iraq, remained in Iraq, he never left it. When he was asked, why do you leave Iraq? He said, where do I go? Where do, where do you want me to go? Like, this is al-Ibn. This is the source and the place where knowledge was. So, Imam Ahmad said to Bukhari, are you going to leave Ibn? Baghdad was Ibn. Are you going to leave Ibn? And then are you going to go to Khasirullah Khurasan? But Bukhari just went. And then look what he said. 
Now Ahmed was saying makes sense to me. I mean, especially when the fitna happened between him and Yahya Zuhari, he said, now I know. Now I know what Imam Ahmed was trying to say to me. Another story is, Kanan Bukhari yukhtalifu ma'ana ila mashayikh al-Basra. Hafid ibn Ismail said, Bukhari used to go with us to Basra. He would go and travel with us to Basra. Wahuwa Ghulam is young. The rest are senior, they're old. But he would be with them. The, the poet, what did he say? He said, إِذَا كَانَتِ النُّفُوسُ كِبَارًا تَعِبَتْ فِي مُرَادِهَا الْأَجْسَامُ If a person's aspirations is very high, brothers, the body will suffer to keep up with it. You are a person with high aspiration, and your mindset is high, your body may not even be equivalent to your aspiration. Are you with me, brothers? You might be younger than your age. Or you may even be what? You may even be a person who's old in age, but you still have aspiration. Are you with me? Ibn Jawz, what he said? Say, Rahimahullah, he said, Anyone that his aspiration is the sky and high above, every suffering that he endures on the way to gain knowledge, what happens to him? He enjoys it. Because it's the heart that moves the person, right? It's the heart that moves the person. So what did he say? He would be with us to Basra. And I want you to understand, brothers, this is... It's, this is the middle of the desert. People, are, these men are walking. There's no air condition. There's no flight. I just landed a couple of hours ago. I came to this desert. I haven't slept for 48 hours. I'm tired. Like I can imagine a person who wakes up, goes in the middle of that sun, and walks and has a riding beast, and just and sometimes comes to their destination, and they're told the sheikh that you wanted is dead. He died a couple of weeks ago. Or they participate in the janazah of the sheikh that they came for. And six months it took them to come here. Seven months it took them to come here. But he said, four people, they will never give you guidance. Four types of people, he said, guidance will not come to you from them. And from those four people, he said, A man who writes knowledge in his own town, in his own backyard. Yeah, Google. Yeah. And he searches on the Google engine and then he comes out with information, not knowledge. He comes out with he comes out with information, not knowledge. not knowledge. So that type of person, he said that you will never gain from them what? And he doesn't travel. He doesn't travel for knowledge. And Imam Ahmad Allah was asked, should a person travel for knowledge? And he said, See going out to seek knowledge and traveling for it. He said, Imam Ahmad said, It's great. Ibrahim al-Nafa'i and Al-Qamah al-Nabi wa Qasa al-Nafi and others, they will hear a, 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 a hadith and they will not be happy with it unless they went to Abdullah ibn Mas'ud themselves and took it from his mouth. They will hear a narration between them and Abdullah ibn Mas'ud is one person, they will say, no, no, I will hear it for myself. And they will travel. Are you with me? So Imam al-Bukhari at that age, he nurtured himself upon that. Are you with me, brothers? One of the ruwat that we're going to see is Sahih al-Bukhari, one of the narrators that we're going to see in Sahih al-Bukhari is, and it's one of the nusakh and the copies that we have of Sahih al-Bukhari, is the nusakh or the copy of Abu al-Waqt. Abu al-Waqt, rahimahullah, we're going to see this man. Abu al-Waqt, the reason why he was called this is he has a fascinating story. His father, when he was a young kid, his father would take him as a baby, would take him for what? Ilm al-Hadith. 
and his father, do you know how he would take him? He would tie his leg to the leg of his young son. And he, you can imagine a father taking a step, and a young kid taking the same step as his father. What's going to happen? He'll drag him. And he'll also give him two rocks. And he'll hold those two rocks. Whenever he gets tired, he say, pass me another rock. He'll throw away. He'll say, hold the other rock. And then one day, give me the other rock. Take it away. Now they call that child abuse. <laughs> yeah? Also, this is pump your house and stuff like that. I'm not endorsing that, by the way. I'm just talking about tarjama, biography. So Abu Bakr, rahimahullah, and then after that, when he got tired and he couldn't keep up with his father, his father would place him on the shoulder. And he became a man known for the diligence of his time. A union brothers nurturing a child at a young age, just nurturing him. And his nuskha and his copy is Bukhari, we have it today. It's one of the nuskha when we speak about and the copies of Bukhari, inshallah ta'ala, will touch on So Bukhari went with us. Bukhari would not write. He wouldn't write. Days were by. He's going to the Mashaykh, he's with the Shaykh, he's with the teachers, and they're traveling and they're going to a Shaykh and they're listening and they're all writing and he's not writing anything. So they started saying, What are you doing? Why are you wasting your time? Why are you sitting around? You traveled, you left your hometown, and you're not writing anything. Where's the pen? Al, uh, what the scholars they say? They say that العلم صيد والكتابة قيده قيد حبالك بالحبال الوافقي فإن من الحماسة أن تسيد أن تصيد غزالتها وتتركها بين بين الخلائق طالقة. Knowledge is like hunting. It's like what? Hunting. Okay. The way to keep it to keep knowledge down. The word to use is pen. Is a pen. So when you knowledge, it's like somebody throwing at you so much things. It's like so much. In order to grab that knowledge, the way you do it is with a pen. فَإِنَّ مِنَ الْحَمَاقَةِ What is dignityness is that you hunt a ghazala, a deer or an animal, you hunt it. And guess what you do? After you hunt it, you bring it home and you, you just let it walk around. Sah? In other words, you went to seek knowledge and you sat with a shaykh and the knowledge was thrown at you and you do, guess what you're doing? You're not holding it down with the, with the book. But like in Bukhari, he wouldn't do that. He would come and he would sit down. And he would listen. Now we started blaming him and criticizing him. After 16 days of blaming and criticism and them shay, saying, why are you not writing? He said to them, You have criticized me excessively, all of you guys. Present to me what you all wrote. Fakhrajna, we all brought our copies out and where we wrote it in. Fakhrajna, he listened to every one of them, every one of them what they wrote. And when he listened to each and every one of theirs, he mentioned a hadith that they missed, 15,000 hadith that they missed. He increased it in point to it. Fakaraha kulluha ambahilqal. All of it. He what? Read it from memory. So it seems that what they wrote was correct, but they didn't have the different talk that he had from elsewhere. Are you with me, brothers? When we come to his hirf, we haven't spoken about his hirf yet. We have not touched on Imam al-Bukhari's hirf yet. We're going to come to it, what he was, and the things that he did. When he wrote all of that, When we realize this man, what he is, is something different. We all brought our books out and we said, are, are we right? Is it right? this right? Ha. We would judge our books based on his memory. 
We realized no one is going to go before this man. The people of insight and knowledge in Basrah, they stood behind him in seeking knowledge of hadith. They started to write from him, they used to push him over themselves. And some of their lessons, when they saw him, they would say, sit here. Some of the ulama, whenever Bukhari would walk into the garden, they would shave, shiva. We'll see that later, inshallah ta'ala. They didn't like, they used to worry of his, his sitting. Rahimahullah ta'ala. Now we're going to go into his hibd. The next chapter is what? Let's now talk about Bukhari's Hifd. How was he like in terms of Hifd? Listen to this story. It's a very common, famous story. A lot of people already know it. Like, in, Let's just mention it. It's of benefit. Let's start with that, inshallah ta'ala. Um, Ahmad ibn Adiyin, he said, I heard some of the Mashaykh mention that Muhammad ibn Ismail al Baghdad. Where did he come to? He came to Baghdad. The people of Hadith heard from him. And Imam Bukhari, he came to Rahimahullah ta'ala Baghdad. When he came to Baghdad, he narrated, he gave a Hadith, he taught. A group of the people of Hadith thought we want to know if Bukhari is Bukhari. I want to know if this man is what he's, what's said about him. And scholars, they used to get te- tested. There was something called Fulanu Yakbaru Talqeen. So and so, he accepts Talqeen means if anything is told to him, he says, yeah, that's my narration, when it isn't his narration. So they used to test scholars' hifd and their memorization in order to know, especially if the person is attributed to him that he has what? Hifd. They used to test him. This was the time of what? The time when documentation and narrations were being written. So Bukhari, they wanted to test him. They picked, they picked a hundred hadiths. Are you with me, brothers? Ten of them sat together and they said, let's divide the hadith into how much? Into ten. Each one ten. Are we going to take it? Everybody crossed you're writing of the hadith and the salad, you take my chain, I take the hadith from you. And they twisted it. They did maqloob to the matan and the hadith. Are you the brothers? For me, it doesn't fascinate me, or it does amaze me, but what amazed me more is how he remembered who said it. This is the part that shocked me the most. So what did Bukhari rahimahullah do? Listen to the story, they spread it amongst themselves and they put him, they went around him in circle. He listened. The first man, he threw the hadiths at Imam al-Bukhari and he said to him, do you know it? Imam al-Bukhari said, لا أعرفه. I don't know it. And they looked at each other. Bukhari doesn't know. Each man went through the chain. Each man mentioned his one to finish. Every time he keeps saying, La Arifu, I don't know it, I don't know it, I don't know this, I don't know this, I don't know this, I don't everyone he said. They were looking. Hundred hadiths went through. Bukhari does not know any of them. 
when they finished Imam al-Bukhari, he said to them, you, all of the hadith that you mentioned, this is the chain for it. And your chains are with Fulan. Take it from him. And your ch- other chain was with Fulan. And your other chain is there. And the matter of that hadith is with there. And he named the people who had the chain. And if the chain was with that person, he would say, that's your chain. Take it from him. What fascinated me is the fact that he remembered each person. Knowing the chain was already there for him. The hadith was already there. This is when they stood up and they looked at him and said, no. Keeping in mind this man is from Uzbekistan. He's a what? He's not an Arab. This man's not an Arab. He's a non-Arab. They became fascinated and shocked with what Imam al-Bukhari did. This was a famous story of his. And Hafim Hadad said, Here is where people humble themselves for Bukhari in front of him. And he deserves to be called Amir al-Mu'mineen of the Hadith. فَمَلْ عَجَلُ saying, what fascination is. مِنْ رَدِّ الْخَطَأِ إِلَى الصَّوَابِ بَلِ الْعَجَلُ مِنْ حِفْظِ الْخَطَأِ عَلَى التَّرْتِيبِ مَا أَلْقَوْهُ عَلَيْهِمْ مِنْ مَرَّةٍ وَاحِدَةٍ Each person remember they read it once, not twice. There was no repetition. What he did was he gave everybody their chain. Cost it, yours, this is yours, this is yours. And what's even more shocking is he did it in the order that he did it. He didn't change the order. He went according to the order. And he never wrote it. They picked the hadith. They did the order. They came up with the narrations. They picked the, the people who were going to do this. And he answered them in the order that they gave. Half of Ibn Hadr is fascinated. Who's half of Hadr? Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. Fascinated with the story of Imam al-Bukhari's memorization and 